This morning we're reading from Colossians chapter 3. So, if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ is who is your life is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. This is the word of life. Thanks be to God. So we're beginning a new sermon series this morning. I'm calling it Joining the Resurrection Conspiracy. Now often we think of conspiracy as something that is misleading or some kind of hoax. I'm not using it in that sense of the word. Going back to the root word conspire. Think of words like inspire or expire and respiration. They all have a common root word in the Latin which means to breathe. To breathe. So I'm thinking of conspire in the sense of breathing together or conspiracy of people working together for good in the name of Christ. I'm thinking of the resurrection conspiracy as those who are closely working together to spread the power for new life, which is the resurrection. Here we are, Easter 2019. Many of us have bought new clothes, made special preparations, have all come together to worship God and celebrate this great day of God's love triumphing over all things. But I ask you, Is it more than just today for you? Are you ready to be a part of a resurrection conspiracy? To be a part of people who are ready to share God's love with others here and everywhere that we go? Our text asks a similar kind of question. This author writing this letter to the Colossians is not sure that everyone who's going to be reading the letter is really a committed Christ follower's right off he says so if so if he has some question in his mind about whether or not those who are reading or listening are with him in this work of God alive in the world but he says if you're ready then here are some instructions for you here's a place for you to focus He mentions it in verse 1 and 2. In verse 1 he says, So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Then he repeats himself in verse 2 for emphasis, I think, and adds a contrasting statement. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Now, in chapter 2, if we'd read the whole letter, we would have already read where he talks about that institutional religion, things like festivals and certain practices, are not the substance of faith. Oh, they can help us. They can be reminders for us of pointing us to God, but they're not the substance. You could think about church liturgical seasons in our time. We have a certain pattern we follow throughout the year. If you've been with us or in another church who recognizes the Christian calendar throughout the year, back in December we started with Advent. 
and then Christmas tide, then Epiphany, then the Sundays after Epiphany, then six weeks ago, Ash Wednesday, as Reverend Campbell mentioned, started this six weeks of Lent, a season of spiritual preparation before we celebrate Easter. Those are reminders. It's a roadmap. Those are guidelines, but not the substance of the Christian faith per se. Colossians is clear. The substance is Christ. Christ crucified and Christ raised. Nowadays, lots of people want to know, how did this happen? What's the how of the resurrection? The first disciples didn't seem to have that question. They don't seem to be interested in that at all. The Bible never talks about how. It simply tells us the story of the empty tomb and then story after story of how those first disciples experienced Christ alive after they had seen him be crucified. They experienced Christ's presence alive with them and it changed their lives forever. They had come to believe that God had acted in a decisive way in the resurrection of Christ and revealed to humanity that God's love was even stronger than death. So for Jesus, it's a life and death and then life after death experience. But this author of Colossians also uses this as a metaphor for our life now and how we can have new life even before death, if you will. See if you can hear it in verses 3 and 4. He writes this, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. Now, those who are reading this letter or hearing it read are not dead, even though he says, so you have died. He's clearly using this language of death as symbolism for what happens when we come into a relationship with Christ. It is symbolic, if you will. Now, earlier in the letter, the metaphor for death in Christ is baptism. He has already said, if you are a baptized Christian, You have died to the old life or your old way of living. You have stopped focusing only on yourself and what you can get. And you're focusing on God through Christ and what you have received and therefore what you can give. You can hear it in that second chapter. I'll flip back over there and read you a couple of verses. Verse 11 and 12 in chapter 2, he writes it like this. In Christ also you were circumcised with the spiritual circumcision by putting off the body of the flesh and the circumcision of Christ. When you were buried with Christ in baptism, you hear it? You were buried with Christ in baptism. You were also raised with Christ through faith in the power of God who raised Christ from the dead. New life in Christ on this side of death, is through faith in God as revealed in Christ being given new life. So if you're a baptized Christian, this author is saying, you've already died and you've already been raised. You've already been given new life in Christ. 
So when we come together on an Easter Sunday, we come to celebrate the resurrection of Christ, but not only the resurrection of Christ. We come to celebrate our resurrection in the here and now as well. The power of God to infuse our lives with a new way of living, a new power born out of love. Our new life now is a spiritual rebirth it reorients us to the things above or the spiritual things or the things of god versus things that are on the earth or things that are only temporary maybe you've heard the story of the youth pastor who was new in his job he was trying to figure out a way to help his youth group grow he had heard about a homeless shelter there in their community and thought it would be a good idea to go over there and do some work But since he was new at the church, he thought maybe he should run this by the advisory board first. So he went to the advisory board and shared the plan. Everyone was in favor except for one man. One man voted against it. It passed, so he was going to do it, but the man sought him out after the meeting. And he said, I don't know what you're thinking. If those people would just get jobs then they wouldn't need the youth group to go over there and help them out. We should not coddle them. The youth pastor was taken aback. He said, oh, no, I don't think you understand. This is a homeless shelter for women and children who have fled violence in their homes. They are victims of domestic abuse and violence, and we're going to help them rebuild their lives. We're Christians. I want to show these young people that we're Christians and we serve others out of our love of God and in Christ. And the man said, what's being Christian got to do with it? And the youth director began to laugh, thinking he was kidding. But the man wasn't laughing. He was serious. Here is a man who was in church every Sunday but completely separated his perspectives on how to live from what he did on Sunday morning in the sanctuary. I think it is safe to say he was really focused on things that are on the earth and had completely missed the spiritual part of the religious life or the Christian life of allowing God's love to change who we are and how we live. Let me tell you another story that illustrates how focusing on things that are above, as this author says, really can give us a different life, a new life, a life of love here and now. This again, a true story, this time of an older couple. If you saw them at church, you would think they lived a, well, a very modest life, that they didn't have many resources If you looked at the clothes that they were wearing or the car they were driving or the house in which they were living, you would assume they were just barely getting by. It would only be after you got to know them a little better that you realized they were actually people that had quite a few resources. But they had made a decision based on their faith to live well below their means, if you will and give all the rest away to help others, to benefit others. 
They not only live modestly, they also raised chickens so they could give eggs away to people who needed them. They had a large vegetable garden. They gave away produce when it came to bear. They visited nursing homes. They went to schools and encouraged children. They tried to notice who was missing from church and seek them out and see how their lives were going. They looked for the sick and the lonely every day. They looked for a way to serve someone else. These were not people who did the occasional random act of kindness. These were people that lived a life of kindness every day. They were focused on the spiritual things, the eternal things, and tried to embody that in their everyday lives. When our lives are marked, by love and joy, service and compassion, humility and kindness. We can affirm with this author who is writing to the Colossians that indeed we have died with Christ in our baptism and we have been raised to new life here and now. This author is encouraging us to keep our minds focused on the things that are eternal or the things that are above. Hear it again in verse 2. He says to these early Christians, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. He's promising a new life in Christ now. But then right after that, he adds one more verse that we read today, that fourth verse, and he moves from focusing on new life now to new life in glory or in eternity. He writes, when Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. So we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. We also celebrate our own new life now. But we can also look forward to even greater things in eternity or in glory, in life after death. This author says this is what the Christian life looks like. It is joyful service and obedience in this life. But this life is only a glimpse. Anything you experience in this life is only a glimpse of the glory that is to come, of the glory that we will know in life beyond death. In our opening hymn today, we sang a hymn by Charles Wesley. His brother John, considered the founder of Methodism, he wrote thousands of hymns in his life. But I think he sums up what we're celebrating this morning so very well in that fourth verse that we sang. He wrote it like this. Soar we now where Christ has led. Alleluia. Following our exalted head. Alleluia. Made like Him, like Him we rise. Alleluia! Ours the cross, the grave, the skies. Alleluia! Alleluia! Amen.